Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Christiana, over there. On the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing very well today. It was a fun All-Star week. Uh, the game itself, three to two, you know, eh. But like the broadcast was very good. The fact that they, I think the fact that they prioritized getting players mic'd up, talking to players, there were a lot of cool moments during the game. And I think it was one of the better all-star games we've seen in recent history. Yeah, I would agree for sure that like, I think the goal of the all-star game shouldn't be to put on a great game. It should be. That's a bonus. It's, it's that's a bonus, a, a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Like it should be, it should get, the most interaction possible and like i mean they they you know we'll we'll trash mlb sometimes for like not being with it like or not not giving the fans what they want but they did a phenomenal job uh i would say for the all-star game yeah like no no they did a very good job i mean alec manoa uh having that whole conversation with john smoltz on the mound while he struck out the side uh did you were you able to catch that Yes. Yeah. I, I, I recorded it. So like um, everything that I like missed, I would, you know, I went back and saw it. And like the yes. idea of like, he, at, like, he, did he like ask Smoltz, like what he wanted to yeah. go O2? He goes, so he goes, what do you want O2? It was the McNeil uh, to possibly end the inning. And he goes backdoor slider. He goes, oh, you're sexy. <laughs> and he had proceeded to hit McNeil in the foot. So that, that hit by pitch is charged to John Smoltz retroactively. Yeah, uh, he just he just got one more tight on it was 2009 season. Yeah, so <laughs> I think um, so I think um also what was missed in that was uh like I think someone else was talking and Manoa said uh well front foot slider because he hit him in the front foot. Um, I th- I thought that was a funny moment and like, yeah, it it was funny like you know All Star Game is a little more laid back but like it was funny to see like kind of the the mindset of a lot of these a lot of these players jose trevino by the way was was great the whole time another great mic'd up player yeah um i mean like yeah this is the only time during the year you have the opportunity to do this i guess you could in spring training but no one absolutely no one cares and no one will watch yeah. and you you need a you need a viral clip uh for people to even know that it happened but yeah, I'm glad that MLB is taking advantage of this, you know, once in a year opportunity to to have a little more fun with the players on the field, uh, with the broadcast. There was that. There was also the uh, the big poppy interviews in the AL dugout. He was just going yeah. around to people for talking to or uh, talking to people for like a few seconds each. He goes up to Alec Manoa and he's like, "I gotta ask, how would you pitch me?" He goes, "I'd go with this, blah blah blah." Halfway through, he just cuts him off. He goes, "Man, I'd take you deep next." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't even give him a chance to respond. Very funny. It was like, yeah, it was like man on the street, but man in the dugout almost. Yeah, the poppy like, uh, and la casa. That was what it was called. Yeah, I don't know if anyone like. I don't know if 
any audience members know like this show there's this show used to be on the air called billy on the street where like yep. yeah he, that. he would for just one, for one dollar name a woman <laughs> yeah like <laughs> like he would just go around new york city and rapid fire and a lot of the times not give people a chance to respond and that's <laughs> basically what big poppy did in the american league all-star dugout it was very funny yeah yeah I, like definitely the best I, I think they they uh mlb's like improving um with the all-star game interaction and i mean you know it all it all started with the um it all started with the rules being changed that it didn't affect the world series at all it really did yeah yeah it all started with that and they've been getting better every year since yeah because i think what 20 2017 was the first year because 2016, man, the Cubs won over 100 games. The Indians won, like, what, like low 90s? Yeah. And the, and the Indians had World Series home field advantage. The Cubs could have won game seven at home. That would have been one of the greatest. I mean, it already is one of the greatest moments in baseball history, but can you imagine if oh that game God. happened at Wrigley? That like, would it would have – if it went the same way, Miguel Montero would have hit a walk-off single. Um. Yeah, right, right, right. Because the tenth inning, the the Indians did score a run. The Cubs scored two. Um, I also, honestly, I would have felt horrible for Cle- for Cleveland though, because that would have been the second time they were three outs away and couldn't get it done in the last inning. So maybe maybe it was a little bit for the better. Right, right, yeah. Like and, Benzer uh, would have tied the game. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, it would have been because also. I remember when they won the that pennant at Wrigley, and it was like, oh my god, it looked like they won the World Series. So I can't imagine if they won the World Series at at Wrigley. I think honestly, now that I think about it, I think the game itself it's better that it was in Cleveland because like the Rajai Davis home run doesn't mean as much if it's in Wrigley. And like that was that was recognized as one of the best moments of the game and one of the best moments in recent history, even if they lost. Yeah. But if you know if it, if that was on the top of the eighth, it's tie the game, and it just silences Wrigley Field except for like a small part of it of that are Indians fans, because I don't think Indians fans would have traveled the same way that Cubs fans did. No offense to them, but yeah, like, the, it was right. It was just different. Like the Indians would not have had the seventh largest gathering in human history uh, if they won for the parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true, and also like. Cleveland Cleveland got their like um championship rhythm earlier that year. Yeah. When the Cavs won it. So like I think they would have been less enthusiastic if the Indians won it. And that's not to say they wouldn't have been. Like this is no this is not meant to be disrespectful to Cleveland. Like they do have a really good fan base. Yeah. But like comparing them to the Cubs in that time is apples or oranges. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so anyway, the All-Star game. The All-Star game. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember in 2017, I think uh, it was before the game, like, A-Rod was going around the diamond, like, between innings and, like, interviewing, like, the infielders. Uh, and that was really where it started. Yeah. That was the year that, like, uh, Nelson Cruz took the picture with Joe West. Yep, yep. Or, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was that it was. year, it was that year. It was. It was in Miami. In Miami. Yeah, I just remember. I remember specifically that year because I know Craig Kimbrell was the closer 
and he like posed it out and i was like oh, it doesn't really matter though <laughs> yeah like game game has no uh no meaning but anyway but even even with that american league baby they are on a hot streak yeah i mean it's it's so weird because it's not like the nl puts out bad teams or the al is just simply a better league like i think nl won uh interleague by a lot last year too right yeah it's just an odd thing and and the yeah before before this win streak i know the nl won three in a row but then before that the al won like 13 14 in a row so the The next time the nl wins you just got to retire it yeah you know the al isn't winning yeah (laughs) yeah that's cool um yeah it's very odd very very odd um the nl had to have won in 2001 um yeah her the nl would have had to have won and they have lost no no i think they made that that rule to to uh have the all-star game determine home field advantage in like oh two or oh three and then oh two they tied yeah well oh yeah oh two they tied so that's why they made the rule i'm thinking about it now because like yeah because 2004 al was home first 2005 al was home first 2006 i'm pretty sure al was home first 2007 al was home first 2008 nl was home first but yeah that was when they won three at a or whatever it was um no race no the race did start it for some reason i always think that the series went six and not five you know the race did open it uh oh nine was al first and then 10 11 12 were the years that the nl won it uh yeah so giants Giants started uh cardinals Mm -hmm. started and giants started again Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the next time the Giants were in the World Series, it started in Kansas City. It was very uh, funny hoping for a tie and seeing Emmanuel Classe warming up in the bullpen, being like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it, it yeah. It ain't happening. <laughs> it is very cool. Like, I've, I've noticed this in previous All-Star games where, like, the relievers will come in and, like, barely any runs are scored. And it really just goes to show you how good the dominant relievers are. Yeah, that does tend like to happen. No, like, no runs were scored after the Byron Buxton home run. And that was what? Like, the third or fourth inning? Yeah. It was off Tony Gonsolin. Yeah, off Tony Gonsolin. Yeah, like, think about all the relievers that came in on both sides. Joe Mantiply, Jorge Lope, even, like, the, you know, the, the mandatory Diamondbacks, Orioles, Pirates. They shut it down. Jorge Lopez had, like, the best three minutes ever. Yeah, he threw, what, three pitches? He threw three pitches, got two outs. And they took him out to bring in uh, someone else. A lot of people were mad that uh, Edwin Diaz didn't get used, which I understand because he has been the best reliever in the league. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That is odd because the like the National League was home, right? They were the home team. Yes. Um, so yeah, all, I, thought, all, I thought they were going to take out David Bednar with two outs in the ninth and then put Diaz in, but they stuck with him. Maybe it was a thing where, like, they were only going to use him if the National League was up, but... They did. I mean, he was warming up. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, very odd. I mean, like... I mean, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure he's not too worked up about it because like, he, he's definitely pitched in All-Star games before. Yeah, 
but yeah, the, um, yeah. the guy is... And he is, re- and there's a reason to believe he'll be back. Like Joe Mantiply, uh, David Bednar, you don't have, you can't confirm that they'll be back, or at least you can't confidently say that they'll be back. Right, right. They definitely could, but Edwin Diaz is a much better chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and yeah. Plus, plus next year it'll be in Seattle. Yep, old home, old home back at T-Mobile Park. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah, Major League Baseball. Round of applause for Major League Baseball there. Uh, yeah, uh, only there was only one horrifically bad thing that came out of All Star Week. Did you see that Rob Manfred quote? Um, I remember there was a quote. I'm f- forgetting what the quote was. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. So a reporter asked him if uh, they don't pay minor leaguers because they can't afford to, or they just simply don't have interest in doing so. And he was like, I reject the premise that minor leaguers are not paid a living wage. Yeah. That's, I don't know, like, what relating to baseball he could have said worse. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah, there's not much, especially when you're talking about um, those Real guys' livelihood. Life. Yeah. You know, that's not a situation of like, Oh, I think the the pitch. I think the pace of play is fine, and blah blah blah. Or I think we absolutely need to change the pace of play and make these games slower. Like that'll annoy some people, but you know, it's just the game. This is real life. Yeah, because like with the with the piece of metal comment, that's what I go yeah. back to think of when I think of Manfred. Like at least like everyone, you know, everyone winning the World Series is doing well, and like everyone mm-hmm. acknowledges that you know the team won the world series it's it was just like a tone deaf thing but this is like yeah this is regarding also very tone deaf but also yeah in a very it's much more serious yes i think this is the worst thing rob manfred's ever done or said i think it it blows everything else out of the water like the the negligence to suspending the astros or the red Sox, the piece of metal comments just every little change he's made to the game this is this is the worst thing he could have ever done or said yeah yeah especially like is with someone being as powerful as him like his thoughts on that issue means a lot and uh mm-hmm. yeah like yeah i would agree i would agree that's that's the like worst not one. only are minor le- like minor leaguers aren't even paid minimum wage they're paid there was a quote tweet from a minor leaguer that said i made eleven thousand dollars last year like that's yeah insanely that's below poverty level yeah yeah i mean yeah you're making if you're a regular fast food worker you're making more uh then you're making way more then yeah you're probably making double that at least yes 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 um yeah you're doing better than a minor leaguer um yeah that was the one bad takeaway from all-star week and yeah, what a horrific chain of events that was. There was a someone made a fake tweet, uh, where it was like Rob Manfred on minor league pay. If you're like, if you're not good enough, well, like, like just why should we just, why should we pay you? Like, get to the major leagues, and if you can't do that, find another line of work. And it, there were a bunch of people being like, "Did he really say that?" Which yeah. goes to show, like, of course he didn't actually say that. That's like what what boomers say when they disagree with the premise that minor leaguers get paid it is very fun seeing uh players like older players that played like 20 30 years ago in the minor leagues being like 
well, I made $14,000 a year and I was fine. Right. <laughs> when, you know, the country's in a much different place now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, yeah, because rent was like 300 a month. Right, yeah. Like, everyday items so were much less. Housing, yeah. food, yeah. What, a, what an absolute disgrace that was. Yeah, to make a, a baseball reference to that, it would be like, it'd be like if, um, if a if a power hitter had nine home runs this year and they were like, well, this would lead the league in 1914. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like someone in like the fifties or sixties or even like seventies, eighties being like, well, I faced the fastest pitchers of that day and I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why, what you're complaining about. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it, that's how it is. That's how it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All-star week. All-star week was, uh, was good. Home run derby was good. We talked about it last episode and the um, all-star uh, game um, filled with good content. Um, you know, the obvious ones are, yeah. Alec Manoa being mic'd up for his inning was great. Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino being, you know, calling pitches through the Fox microphones. Yep. Fantastic. Um, Julio Rodriguez, or no, Liam Hendricks being mic'd up and like yelling at Julio to give him back the ball when he recorded that out. Yeah. That Um, was fun. Good redemption for Liam Hendricks after last year's microphone. (laughs) I forget someone had a great uh, hot mic moment. I don't remember who it was. Uh Man, I, wish I think I it was. I think it was Cortez. It was Cortez. He threw a ball, yelled the f word, and like very softly, you could hear like, "Sorry." Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, that's baseball. That was that was fun. That's baseball. Um, that right. that was the one. That was the one fun thing of the 2020 season was there was every single day it was like, uh, Jock Peterson, Hawk Mike, <laughs> uh, Austin Riley, Hot Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever this, every team had to have had at least one during the season. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Liam Hendricks with his league leading fourteenth of the year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like on only the fourteenth bad pitch he's thrown too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> he's, he throws one inning every few days, but he's still leading the league. Yeah, he'll throw. He'll have 10 pitch innings with three strikeouts in one ball and he'll get one uh, hot mic in per, per yes. appearance. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah. All-star game quality stuff there. It, you know, it, it's not the game you're focused on. It's the, it's about it's what you learned along the way. No, it's, it's, not about <laughs> it's, that. The, fr- it's- <laughs> the friends we learned. Yeah. The friends we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> like Alec Manoa. Jose Trevino, Nestor Cortez, Julio Rodriguez, Liam Hendricks, David Ortiz. Yeah, that's uh, that's. Stan and Judge were mic'd up too. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That was that was interesting. I will say. Yeah. Um. The oh the Garrett Cole Max Freed con- conversation that was dope. Yeah, I will say I like uh, Garrett Cole more than uh than than I did before that before that thing. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty into it. Well, it's cool because, like, when you play in New York, the only time 
there's any mention of things that you say is when you say something cringe in a uh, press conference. And Garrett Cole happens to do that a lot. So yeah, they don't like, this is just a thing, but like, if you're a highly paid player in New York, they don't let you be a human. Like think about all of the great personalities that people have liked on the Yankees. They're not people that they pay a lot of money to. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Nick Swisher. Yeah. Like that was a dude that the Yankees just had that happened to be fun. Yeah, yeah, just by accident. Yeah, like Todd Frazier, he was past his prime. Uh, yeah. Even Aaron Judge, like he was developed themselves. He was paid $500,000 in a year where he had 52 home runs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like all of the all of the people that you like on the Yankees, not players, the people you like, they're not getting paid Garrett Cole money. Oh, they're also not getting paid Giancarlo Stanton money. They're not getting paid uh, Jacoby Ellsbury money. They're not getting paid any any big contracts they're not they're not making nine figures yeah exactly that's just that's just part of how it goes and Garrett Cole especially uh yeah they don't let him be human there and that was when he got an opportunity to be human and I'm happy that he had it um yes yes for sure um he he seemed he seemed pretty into it and kind of you definitely like to use the word human again you saw him more humanely than than normal like he was uh yeah, yeah. he 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 just seemed very, much more relatable than he normally is like like the most like the most human thing i've ever seen i've ever heard garrett cole say throughout his yankees tenure was very recently when reporters asked him like to talk about how rafael devers just keeps hitting off him and like what he's done and he was like, well, I'm open to suggestions. Yeah. Like, that was the only that was the only human thing I've heard from him. Other than that, it's been like being upset at Billy Crystal or or being upset about, you know, sticky stuff or whatever, all those all that stuff that happened over the years. Um, that was the only relatable thing I've ever heard him say or anything that made him made me think of him not just as a baseball player, based on the way that the media reports things out of New York. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I, I do agree with you there. Yeah, like like yeah, as you say, when you think of Garrett Cole, you think you think of of the uh spider attack incident, you know, like yeah, all those press conferences. And like the press conferences after that where it's like where he was like, gee golly, or like what that You're, no that for Pete's thing. sake. Oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um that yeah. stuff and yelling at Billy Crystal, as you mentioned. Um, so, so yeah, that's the all-star game. Um, we're going to get into a little bit to the trade deadline. Um, uh, you know, just kind of, just kind of free flying, seeing, seeing what's, uh, what's going on. Should we start with like what, so there's some teams where, you know, they're going to be buyers you know that some teams are going to be sellers. There's definitely some in-betweeners. Should we talk should we, about should we talk the in-betweeners? Yeah. Should we talk about the in-betweeners? Like, I feel like, you know, in about two weeks, it's, it's, you know, definitely time to decide if you're buying or selling. Um, but there are some teams that are, are definitely in between right now. Um, where should we start? Uh, should we start with I'm the home? I'm thinking, uh, 
I was thinking, I mean, you can give me a approval on if this is an in-between team or not, but I'm thinking about the San Francisco Giants. Right, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's fair, yeah. They could be in-between. They could not be. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, um, with the, with the Giants, I don't know. I think obviously it doesn't take a a rocket scientist to figure out that this extra playoff team changes things a lot. Um, it makes a lot more team, a lot more teams buyers. Um, but, uh, or yeah, we're San Francisco in this wild card race i think they're they're out of it by but i think the first team that's out of it first team out so it goes in the national league it goes atlanta san diego philly st louis tied with philly san francisco is a half game out um with san fran i think um i'm not hating on a on a buy for them i think they've been underperforming um I think some of those issues that they've been having are like kind of solvable. Like a lot of it has been their defense. I don't mean to drone on it too much, but like, that seems like, you know, they could get somewhere close to where they were last year. I don't think they have a bunch of bad defenders on their team. Um, and I think, I think they are like, there's, there's a couple pieces offensively that they could add that could, they could make things a, a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, I I think this could be an in between team, but I definitely see a more a likelihood of them buying. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Um, they have a lot of great like building blocks. Like they have two great starting pitchers in Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon. Yes. Um, two guys that are doing great this year, and even like Alex Wood you know, he should be performing a little bit, bit better. He has a three one Oh FIP this season. And there's Alex Cobb, who Alex is, Cobb, we've mentioned him several times. Yeah. He obviously can be doing better. So I don't even need, I don't even know if they need any more like starting pitching, but their bullpen has been struggling. If I am correct. Yeah. Bullpen. Uh, I know they, I know the bullpen did have some rough stretches, um yeah it doesn't seem the same as it was uh as it was last year Um, on the year on the year their bullpen wow they're on the year their bullpen is 18th in reliever f4 um they have a 419 era and a 380 fit um so they've had a drastic that has to be the largest difference uh by a long shot yeah most likely most likely it um, is not. It is the fourth highest what? Or the yeah, the fourth highest. Colorado, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, who are all non-contenders, uh, have a worse difference on the uh, on the lucky on the on the unlucky side. Right, right. Um offensively, I think uh there are you know the just adding adding someone at any position would be good. I mean, like Brandon Crawford's on the IL right now. I don't know what his uh timetable is um he just went on the il yeah he oh he just like and he was on the il before so i don't know he went back yeah i don't know if that yeah is getting any better so like 
you know, adding a potential middle infield piece. I'm not sure what in the middle infield is on the market, but adding something there, adding anything to the lineup would be good as they haven't been. Let me look at some middle infield pieces. They haven't been the same. They're, they're, they have a 103 OPS plus this year, which is 3% above average. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic on the Giants. Um, yeah, there really aren't a ton of middle infielders out there. Right. Like, I don't know. There, there really are never that many. <laughs> it, it seems like there's never really that many uh, um, middle infielders. Last year, there was what Javi Baez and like Adam Frazier. Yeah, and I guess you could probably technically say uh, Willie Adamas as well, even though he was traded in May. Um, True. I mean, if you wanted to go big, maybe Xander Bogarts, but I highly doubt he's getting traded. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, if you wanted to go big, maybe Carlos Correa, but I also don't think he's getting traded. Right, right. Uh, maybe um, like, I don't think Miguel Rojas would leave Miami. Or I don't think they'd want to part with him. True, true. So, yeah. Uh, Jose Iglesias? Yeah, maybe. He's just eternally available. He he is. He is. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe you could I, get uh, Freddie Galvis back from, I think he's in Korea now. Yep, true. Those two um, are just always, they're just universal free agents. They are. They are. They're universal one-year, like, $3 million deal. And they always, like, sign after every other person on the market. Very true. Very true. Um, so you mentioned the twins and even though they're leading the division right now, I mm -hmm. still think they're like sort of a tweener because that's fair. The white Sox are only three and a half games out now. Like they had a, they had a good run to finish out the half. Yeah. The, yeah, the twins are, are six games above 500 currently. They have had um, a lot of injuries though. I will say that. Uh, who the twins Joe Ryan was out for a little bit Bailey Ober is out for a while um, I'm talking mostly starting rotation at least but like they've kind of had to improvise uh, you know around there yeah that's true that's true so maybe a move for them would be um, one or two starting pitchers like maybe not big scale a, you know Luis Castillo but um, Someone on a smaller scale, potentially. Yeah, they also had a God, poor, poor voice, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> torn, torn ACL. Oh uh, Chris God. Paddock had Tommy John. Yeah, he got the other while ago, but yeah. Like Bailey Ober has been on the 15-day IL for a while. He went on, uh, he was on it before, but he went back on, on June 3rd. Um, Kenta Maeda obviously had Tommy John a while back. Chris Paddock had Tommy John this year. They have holy crap! Six the twins have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people on the sixty-day IL. Right. That is a lot. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I don't know. Like this, the whole trade market. I, I'm still like last year was so clear what the trade market was. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of guys traded this year. Where we're like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. This year, it's it just it doesn't it doesn't know, make... maybe. If the twins sell, I don't think they would, but like maybe Miguel Sano gets put out there. Um, yeah, I could see that. Hypothetical. Happening. He has a 
he's a club option next year, and if that is declined, he becomes a free agent. And it's for fourteen um, million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So who knows? Um, what team needs a third baseman? Uh, no one that's good. The the Orioles, except that ballpark is absolutely not built for Miguel Sano. <laughs> yeah, like he will he will clear him out Baltimore, but he will also single off that wall so many times because he hits it so darn hard and also isn't that fast. Yeah, that's true. Gonna have the most most um, singles projected at three hundred seventy five feet. Yeah. That's true. The White Sox have bad third base production, but that's also because Yon Moncada has been underperforming. Maybe the Phillies. Um, that's a possibility. They've given up on yeah. Alec Baum. I mean, I know that that doesn't help their defense any more than, but you know what? <laughs> Why not? Can't hurt yeah. the defense any more than it already has been hurt. Yeah. Like Alec Baum isn't getting it done on defense, so you know what? At least get Alec Baum with power. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Why not? It's possible. It's is possible. he going to strike out more? Yeah, but is he going to hit? Is he going to hit for a better OPS? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe that's a under the radar move, Miguel Sano to the Phillies. Maybe we could see that. We could see that. That's if the Twins, because I know that the Twins could definitely go the rest of the season without him and compete. Right. Right. Who have they had a third this year? Outside of him, of course. Um, Gio Urshela. Oh yeah, they, they could absolutely survive without Sano. Um, right, right. Also, Jose Miranda as well. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. We've both been above average offensively, according to Weighted on Spirited Plus. So the Twins. You know, we're not quite sure what the twins are going to do i feel like it would be hard not to buy if they're still leading the division um when the trade deadline arrives Mm -hmm. um so another team where i'm looking at the rest of that division i think think there's a the white Sox should buy i think there's a lot of teams where you could make a case that they should buy, but only for guys with control. Like the two teams I'm thinking about are the Marlins and the Orioles. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Or like. Like I. I think. I mean, like the Marlins, in terms of upcoming free agents, Jesus Aguilar is on a mutual option for 2023, and then Anthony Bass has a club option. That's your only, and also Joey Wendell is on a mutual option. Those are your only upcoming free agents. Right. In Miami. Their... So you have a lot of guys with control. Um, in terms of pre-arb players, you have Trevor Rogers, Jazz Chisholm, Brian De La Cruz, Jesus Lazardo. You have so much control over a lot of your good players. Uh, and, they, and you already extended Sandy Alcantara by a, on a very team-friendly deal. So yeah. you don't have to worry about that. I think the biggest problem right now with Miami is the contract of Avisa Garcia because that has not worked out. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but at least, uh, at least they did spend a, a little bit of money, even if it wasn't yeah, I agree. the right place. Um, yeah, that would be interesting if, if the Marlins or Orioles were able to retool a little bit and get someone with like 
you know, at least two years left of control. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah. But again, I, I'm not sure who these players are going to be. No, but I also don't think it's going to be someone who's really good right now. True. That's true. Like, I don't think, like, off the top of my head, like, Frankie Montas, is, I don't think he's a free agent at the end of this year. But yeah, I don't think true. someone of his caliber is going to Miami. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I could see them investing in, like, a Ramon Laureano, if we're talking about the same team, though. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, that's true. That, that, that could be a fit. You know, big outfield over there. He's an excellent defensive player with – he kind of fits the mold with the Marlins. Like, very good defensively, good overall player. Could be better on offense. Yes, for sure. For Maybe sure. you don't want more of what you have. Um, yeah, I think it's guys like that. That's that's who I'm thinking of when I think of potential trade targets for the Orioles, Marlins. Yeah, Orioles okay. pitching is kind of set. Like that wall move was probably the best thing the organization has done in years. Yeah, yeah. Like um, looking over, <laughs> looking over like the year to year changes between some of these Orioles pitchers is the funniest thing. Yeah, it is. Like true. it looks like magic what they did with some of these guys. Like Spencer Watkins. Yeah. Uh, for example, had an 807 ERA last year. Uh this is very funny. So he had an 807 ERA last year, and he has a 393 ERA this year in roughly the same amount of innings pitch, is just two less than last year. His his strikeouts per nine is down by half a strikeout, not a lot. His walks per nine is up by 0.3, not a lot. His home runs per nine went from 2.3 to 0.9. Right. Oh. So that's that's one of the guys that they've just completely fixed. Keegan Aiken is another big one. Uh, he had a 663 ERA last year, a 236 ERA this year. Uh, the FIP is 4.14, so it's nearly two runs higher. But uh, he's giving up much less hits per nine, and he's also giving up uh, actually a little – I mean, less home runs per nine, but still at roughly the same rate. Um, but the walks per nine are, are down very big. Uh, they're down by 1.6. Right, right. So, uh, and then uh, we've mentioned Jorge Lopez before. Um, his ERA was, uh, what was it last year? 607. And I mean, he's had improvements all around. Like you can't even really just point to Camden uh, in the wall there. But uh, another one is Dean Creamer. This is another great one. Um, he had a 7.55 ERA last year, and he has a 2.59 ERA this year with a 3.59 FIP. Uh, his strikeouts per nine are down by one strikeout. His walks per nine are down by looks like 1.6 from 4.2 to 2.6. Home runs per nine is down from 2.9 to 0.6. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously, you can't expect a guy to have 2.9 home runs per nine consistently. Like that's just a lot, but. To go from 2.9 to 0.6 takes some takes some special uh, wall moving back 20 feet and up a little bit. Yeah, that um, that I think it was a Mike Petriello article. Yep. That Mike Petriello article from last year where he talked about like, I think he determined that the Orioles pitchers were, were affected like home run. were affected like much more than the Baltimore hitters mm-hmm. were like. You know, there were much more negatives for the Baltimore pitchers than there were positives for the Baltimore hitters in regards to the wall. So, 
and like it, it looks very good right now like Baltimore's <laughs> offense like there are some guys like Trey Mancini and Ryan, Ryan Mountcastle who are getting like a little screwed right now but the the but entire then, pitching like staff is the entire pitching staff is uh doing much better than than they would have right Ryan Mountcastle's OPS is only 16 points lower than it was at this point last year. Yeah, I, I think his home, I think runs, it's more... his home run rate is definitely lower. Like, uh, well, I mean, let me see. His home run rate last year was 5.6%. Now it's 4.2%, which still isn't bad. I mean, it's down, no doubt, but 4.2 is pretty good still. Yeah, um, that should go into the batting, the home runs versus expected home runs that uh baseball savant does yeah. based on based Trey on Mancini, like Trey Mancini has been getting uh screwed yeah I'll say that that poor yeah, guy that's... he does have a higher OPS plus than last year and a higher OPS than last year actually but that also is probably because he has a much better OBP his war yeah, rate has gone up well, his has gone up but his batting average has gone up his BABIP has gone up by almost 30 points so I guess okay. that'll do it. Um, but yeah, Trey Mancini has nine home runs, and based on like average ballparks, he's supposed to have sixteen point one. So he's supposed to have seven more home runs than he actually has. Almost double. Yeah, almost double. Uh, but yeah, he's the only extreme one I, I would say. Like Mountcastle should have one point eight more. I mean, when not... you think of the big Orioles bats, a lot of them are lefty. Like. Obviously, uh, Adley Rushman, Cedric Mullins, uh, Anthony Santander, those are all lefties. Yeah, yeah. So that's fair. That's fair. How wild is it that we don't really think the Orioles are selling at the deadline? Not because they don't have anything to sell, but because, I mean, why not? Well, why not? Like, don't, don't go all out. Like, keep in mind that you have a lot of you know, big guys in the future. Right. But, yeah. Like, don't trade for anyone that you need to part ways with big prospect for. Exactly. Like, and all of the guys that are that are making the Orioles much better than they were last year are all under control for a little bit. Um, yes. I remember, yeah, when I did the Jorge Lopez, how about that? I was like, oh, he's a potential trade target he's got like two more years of control left but it's like no <laughs> orioles should probably keep him oh, around no, actually, the orioles are... i remember i felt that way with uh sean doolittle in 2019 like the nationals were you know they were 19 and 31 and like i kind of i didn't realize how much better they were getting and in like early july i was like i wanted the red Sox to get sean doolittle then as the month went by i was like oh the nationals are definitely not going to give him up they're good then they won the world series <laughs> uh so yeah Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's how it is sometimes. Um, I'll never forget when uh, I found out two hours before it was broken that Jorge Lopez got traded. Um, wait, he it was the uh, the Mike Mustakas deal. He was in that. Oh, remember like it was yesterday. I was driving to or uh, I was driving to Delaware. My I wasn't driving. I was in the car, but. Buddy of mine who was a Brewers fan texted me saying, We just got Mustakas. We're giving up Jorge Lopez and uh, Brett Phillips, who are two names now, which is pretty yeah. cool. Both of them have been to the All Star game. One of them 
in it. One of them was kind of just there, but Brett <laughs> Phillips has had his moments. He's a, he's a name. Yeah. Remember the uh, 2020 World Series game four? Oh, how could you forget? That was that was such a sick game. What a what a fun one. That was a that was a really good one. Yeah. Uh, included one of our favorite home runs. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh yeah, I didn't know. Jorge Lopez has been with a lot of organizations and now realizing. <laughs> yeah, he has. Because he well, he almost threw a perfect game with the Royals once. Yeah, that makes sense. Milwaukee. I'm pretty sure he got to the ninth inning with a perfect game. Uh, I'm looking up. It was either 2018 or 19. Right. And I was like, uh, oh, this is the guy they got Moustakis for. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And now he's an elite, elite reliever. Um, yes, he is. Yeah. No one, nothing will ever be better than Billy McKinney, though. I don't even know if he's relative at all to this conversation, but I always love that. I mean, he's played 263 career MLB games, but he's been with, I think, nine organizations. Yeah. It's my favorite. Okay, so, yeah, so Jorge Lopez got to the ninth inning with a perfect game uh, against the Minnesota Twins. Then he walked the leadoff batter and gave up a single. So he got taken out and then a run score on a sack fly. And then uh, Willie Peralta got the final outs eventually. But yeah, 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 I think I think I was probably like I saw it on Twitter and put it on MLB TV and then saw saw the hit and was like, all right. And then I just forgot about it. Yep. Um, so can you imagine if you threw a perfect game? And that's the yeah. only one in the last decade. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just wouldn't make sense. Mm hmm. But it is funny because, like, Felix Hernandez was the last perfect game. But if if he wasn't the last perfect game, it, it would have been, been Philip Humber. Humber. Or wasn't was uh was Matt Cain's before or after? Hmm. Um, I feel like Matt Cain's perfect game might have been like 2011. I'm pretty sure it was 12. Maybe it was. I could be wrong. Hang on. Um, I feel like there weren't three in one year. But I, I could June, be wrong. June 13th, 2012 was Matt Cain's. Okay, so it would have been Matt Cain. Never mind then. He was pretty either, good. Either way, Philip Humber threw a perfect game. Yeah, that was April 21st, 2012. Yeah, there was one every two months. Um, yeah, Philip Humber threw a perfect game. <laughs> yeah, he had more perfect games than wins above replacement. He had .9. <laughs> He had 0.9 wins above replacement. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, dude, his perfect games per win. <laughs> so above one. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only pitcher in baseball history. <laughs> like, he has one. Randy per... Johnson's is his one win per perfect or what? Randy Johnson's is uh, one perfect game per like 100 wins. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah, true. Not like a not one perfect game, less than one win. <laughs> he has one career complete game. Yeah. Um, one career complete game, one career, one career shutout. <laughs> How many wins of a placement did Dallas Braden have? Like five-ish, I think. Yeah. Um because every other every other perfect game I can think of was like someone who made a little bit of sense other than those two. 
Dallas Braden had 5.0 wins above B War. 5.0 B War. Um, yeah, that's it's pretty uh pretty hilarious. Dallas Braden uh was at Amos Alonzo Stag High School yeah. in Stockton, California. Yes, he was. Wait. So I remember on starting night a bunch of years ago, Jared lost a bet and he had to do like a book report on Stockton, California. And he and he mentioned like Amos Alonzo Stag. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a sto- associated with Springfield College. Yeah. Check us out on Stag Field. <laughs> if you're September, September 2nd, first football game of the year against Crosstown rival Western New England. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. How many other teams do you want to talk about? Uh, Red Sox. I think we should just okay. talk about the Red Sox and then we'll end there. We'll call it a day. Um, yeah, okay. they're, uh, they have some very interesting questions to answer. They have a tough schedule coming up, too. They have the Blue Jays coming out of the break. They also have the Brewers, the Guardians, and the Astros in some type of order. Yeah, Um yeah, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yeah, they've the Red Sox. They they have had a bit of a roller coaster season. They started eleven and twenty, then they ripped through um, the months that like last two last half of May and June. Uh, they went twenty and six in June, but uh, they had not a very hard schedule i'll say that they ripped through the al west minus houston although the only series they've had they did they they did did uh they won a series against houston though yeah they did win a series against houston back in uh back in may yeah but like they you know they caught seattle when they weren't you know the hot team when they were when Mm -hmm. they were bad seattle um and now, um, now they've been struggling recently. Uh, if I do the math here, if I get the uh, get the data, they were forty two and thirty one, and now they're so they've they're six and fourteen in their last twenty, and that's correlated with their rise in competition. Um, mm-hmm. It's questionable of whether they'll be a playoff team or not, for sure. Definitely status is questionable. Um, they have a, a lot of free agents coming up. A lot of free agents. I'm it, this is almost like a repeat of 2019. Um, like you know, JD Martinez is a free agent coming up, no opt-outs, by the way. Like he's the actual this, contract. This is the is, five years, yeah. Yeah, this is the five years. Xander Bogarts has an opt-out coming up in 2022. Pretty much a guarantee that he will. Um, either opt out or try to restructure this contract at the end of the season because he's worth more than the $20 million a year he's getting. Um, Also, Nathan Eovaldi, his contract is coming to a close after this year. Um, Who am I missing? And then Rafael Vazquez, Michael Waka, Rich Hill, Matt Strom. And then Rafael Devers is a free agent after 2023. He's, you know, the extension talks on him have been uh, uninspiring from this ownership group. Uh, Now, (laughs) you know, 
I'm starting to get upset now with uh, yes. with the incompetence going on there. But anyway, um, some yeah, questions did you see, to answer. Did you, did you see the report that they, they're using Matt Olson's deal as like the, the basis of their negotiations? Um, yeah, that's that's so stupid. <laughs> it's very stupid because they were like, well, because he's, we, you, we think you're going to move over to first. Yeah. No. Like it's it's uh, it's pretty offensive what what the Red Sox are up to. Like, you know, I, with I almost understood the I almost understood the bets thing a little more because they had just won a World Series and they, they had just won a World Series and they also offered three hundred mil and like yeah he got three twenty five and he there was a report that came out that he said he would have taken the Dodgers offer if the Red Sox gave it to him and that's whatever but like. They did try. Like three hundred million dollars is trying. Could they have done more? Yes, but they they at least did put put in the effort to re-sign him, and it just didn't work out. If you're yeah. starting at one sixty eight million with Devers, you're not trying. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, especially Devers. He's, he's twenty five right now, and he is probably a top five hitter in the league. Yes. Yeah. Rafael Devers is. Yeah, exactly. He's 25. That's where it starts. Is like he's getting at least 10 years. At least. That's that's mm-hmm. the minimum. He's a full-on MVP candidate this year, probably top three in the running right now. His defense has a real has, chance if Shohei Otani doesn't exist. Yes. His defense has improved substantially this year. Um, and he's already, yeah, like he's proven to be one of the best hitters, you know, since 2019, I, sh- I should look at like his stats since 2019. And he's just, he's just kept getting better every year. Like, and there's been so many comps like Adrian Beltre came out and said, that guy's going to be better than me. Adrian Beltre is a top five third baseman of all time. David Ortiz came out and said, like, he remind like Devers reminds him the most of himself out of anyone he's seen on the Red Sox since he retired. That's the first ballot hall of famer. Like you're like, whoever, like Rafael Devers is going to be a hall of famer. And yeah. you should pay him like someone who's going to be a Hall of Famer who hasn't even who is just hitting his prime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he in his in since 2019, which was when he was 22 years old, since his age 22 season. That's how old I am. Yeah, he, since his age 22 season, he has a 904 OPS, uh, 135 OPS plus. Um, his, per 162 games. 48 doubles and 37 home runs per 162 games. Um, and, you know, looking at baseball savant, he hits the ball harder than 97% of the league or so. He's, he hits the ball extremely hard. Um, he hits his quality of contact has always been fantastic. His strikeout rate this year is getting better. Um, yeah, the only he, thing you could ask of him is more walks. Yeah. And that's, and that's, it's not, it's not uncommon for a guy at his age to be a free swinger. And listen, even when he's being a free swinger, he's not striking out and he's hitting the ball hard. Like you just mentioned, like, it's almost like, it's almost okay if he swing more because when he swings, good things happen more often than they don't. Yeah. There was like a, there's a baseball savant or there was an article on the front page of baseball savant, like a few weeks ago where it was like, you know, you can't pitch around Rafael Devers, like against the four most used pitches in baseball, he was hitting above 300 against like all of them. Yeah. Um, and he hits like, 
when the ball's out of the zone, he slugs pretty well too. Uh, you can't, you can't pitch around the guy. We've seen, there's a home run he had in Seattle where the pitch was like eight inches off the plate and he hit, he hit a home run. Like yeah. the, you can't find that in a lot of places. And the Red Sox are being extremely uninspiring with their extension talks with him. And, uh, and same goes for Xander Bogarts too, because he even said, like Xander said, I'm open to negotiating during the season. Most players aren't open to that. Most players are like, it's opening day or we're going to, or I'm hitting the free agent market. Like that's what Aaron judge did. That's what Bryce Harper did when he was with the nationals. Like it's either we're doing it now or get ready to get ready to try me on the open market. Bogarts is willing to talk right now. There's been nothing. Yeah. Crickets. That's even yeah. more uninspiring. Yeah. That's very uninspiring because yeah, like he's taking those, he's taking these, those talks. I think he definitely wants to be in Boston um, for the rest of his career. And I'm less um, enthusiastic about him. Although like, you know, I think the ownership group could afford like it's Fenway sports group. They could afford signing both Devers and Bogarts. But if I had to choose one, I'd choose Devers. However, like, you know, Bo, you know, Bogarts is a great player as well. He's still sort of young. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's still on the technically the correct side of 30. Yeah. Um, and his defense has gotten better. I think he's more valuable. He's potentially more valuable than he was last year. And he was yeah. pretty good. You know, he was pretty good. You know, here's um, the thing. Like, I don't think, I think you can pay Xander without giving him like the Corey Seager contract or the Marcus Simeon contract. But like the guy's a top five shortstop and you should pay him like a top five shortstop. I'd say like 200 to 225 mil. That's less than what the other guys got that I just mentioned. I think that gets it done. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think, I don't think he's specifically saying I want more than these guys. Like he, I think he's willing to stay in Boston for the right price and it doesn't have to be a specific, I want to be above this guy type of mentality. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because they offered him like around what they gave story. Right. Yeah. 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 Like it's um and the whole, you know, having Trevor story there that throws a whole wrench in the mix too, because you know, I, that that's part, that's the other thing that makes me less enthusiastic about um, getting Bogarts back. Although yeah, it would be fantastic to have Devers Bogarts and story in the infield long-term. That'd yeah. be the ideal situation. But if you had to choose, um, like, you know, Bogarts, I'd be more okay letting Bogarts go, um, as speaking as, as a Red Sox fan, um, than letting Devers go. However, I guess um, in terms of the trade market, going back to the main point of this, with the trade market with the Red Sox, uh, like it's weird. Uh, I, it's hard to ask them to be buyers and potentially give up um, good prospects. And they've developed a pretty good farm system. They have. Like, I don't want, yeah. I mean, like, they have Marcelo Meyer in there. They have like Nick York in there, Tristan Casas, AR alumni in there. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to, I don't think they have to part ways. But even then, like, they got Kyle Schwarber straight up for Aldo Ramirez, the nine prospect who is unfortunately currently out for the season with an injury but you can you can go in without having to tr- saying to say goodbye to good prospects like 
you could probably get Josh Bell for maybe a little bit of a steeper price, but still a similar-ish price. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe it takes two prospects that are fringe top 10 in the organization. Yeah. I, I would do it. Yeah, for – and then so – Because they need an upgrade at first base, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, and if it's – and, you know, Bell would be perfect because he's a rental and, um, you know – Gets on base a lot. He plays a similar role to Schwarber did last year. Yeah, and, you know, Casas should get that position next year, 2023. He should probably be the everyday first baseman. Mm-hmm. But Bell this year would be a good option. Um, and what I will say for the Red Sox is unless uh, you're trying to get Soto, the, you know, Meyer, Casas, uh, Bayo, and who else? Um, the, like, York, I might consider a potential trade target, but uh, He's Meyer, top 100. Meyer, um, yeah, Meyer, Bayo, Casas are definitely untouchable. Um, York, yeah, York. He's. You said he's top one hundred. Yeah, he's like forties. Oh, he's forties. Okay, York's he's also untouchable then. Yes, but like, I mean, I know Jim Bowden threw this out. What if you put Bobby Dahlbeck in a trade package for Josh Bell? Yeah, absolutely. There, there are like, some. Guys I don't in- think. Like, I don't think I'm saying no to that. Like obviously it's going to take it's going to take more than that because he hasn't exactly proven himself at the big league level for a long period of time yet. So the Nationals are gonna want more than him, but that's a major league ready player. And the Nationals would probably accept that and others. Like that should that could be a good starting piece. Uh it gives it gives much more room room for Casas next year at first base. And it, you know, it puts Bell at the position for the rest of the season. Yeah, there are some major league there's some major league talent with the Red Sox where I'd be willing to uh, give those guys up. Dahlbeck's one of them. And the other guy would be like Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs, I'd be okay with the Red Sox letting go for but even, you know, like, a bigger piece. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think, yeah, the Red Sox could be looking at Bell because they definitely need first base help, no doubt about it. Um, and unless Dahlbeck has the same August September he had last, I'm not last counting year, on that. But you can't bank on that. Yeah. If he does that, I would just trade him during the offseason. His value is never going to be higher. Yes, yes, that's very true. Um, yeah, I think I think the notion of if the Red Sox are going to be buyers or sellers comes down to how they play in the next two weeks. Like I don't think you can make a you can make a conclusion right now. Yeah. And I think you mentioned like their upcoming schedule where in, in no particular order, they're facing the blue Jays, guardians, brewers, and Astros, all winning teams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where, that's where a lot of this decision-making is going to go. And also what you've mentioned earlier is um, you could see the Red Sox kind of buying and selling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, Heim Bloom is that type of general manager where that could happen. Um, so yeah, like you could see, I don't see any, you know, I don't see like Bogart's going, but you could see, uh, someone, someone go over like, Oh, they're letting that guy go. And then, but taking a guy back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there, there's a lot of question marks with the Red Sox. Uh, 
first base, they would definitely need improvement. Um, bullpen, no doubt. Uh, that's always been an issue for them. And starting pitching, um, especially with sale out, like you, you might need a guy, but the starting pitching market is not, it's not, it's not what it was last year. No, it's not. Um, there's, there's like two major guys and I don't really know who else. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they're going for Castillo or Montas. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Um, um, you want to get into matchups? Yeah, we can do that. Um, right. So, yeah, no how about that's are slightly alarming today because uh, there were no actual games that counted in the la- since we last recorded. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, in his last few days, has a home run in two RBI. His win probability added is pretty great. No. Um, so there are some games going on right now as we record. Um, but, but yeah, it looks like... Are the Yankees Astros playing a series? No, they're just playing today. They're just playing a doubleheader. Um, so the Yankees yeah. are facing the Orioles. They are playing the Orioles. Couple of, couple of potential playoff teams there. <laughs> um, yeah, with uh, with series to watch, um, most of them start tomorrow, and. Um, uh, there are some pretty good series. I will say Red Sox, Blue Jays at Fenway. Uh, I'm going to be at a couple of those games. That's, sure. you know, crucial to see where the Red Sox direction will be. Um, in the last series, the Red Sox played against the Blue Jays. They lost two out of three um, in Toronto. So we'll see how that goes. We will see how that goes. Um, I know they have Eovaldi back, so that helps out the rotation a little bit. They're not out of com- sale. Yeah, they, they had sale and then they lost him, but they're not in complete dire straits because Eovaldi, who um, was their best pitcher last year, he's back. Um, then staying in the East Coast, you have Mets Padres. Uh, that is going to be a quality matchup to two teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs. Um, then in... The West Coast Mariners Astros. That's probably the series of the uh, series of the weekend, in my opinion, because the Mariners are so hot right now. They've won 14 in a row, and then the Astros have been consistently dominant. Um, they have the third best record in baseball, so that's that's interesting, and I think it's a real test for the Mariners as well to see where they're where they're truly at and uh, see what happens there. That's probably the series of the uh, of the weekend, and then the other series to watch is Dodgers Giants. That's at Dodger Stadium. Um, Giants are another in between team where like a series like this might determine where they're at at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, what do you have for day by day matchups? So I'll just I'll just talk over Thursdays, even though they've probably already happened by this point. Um, there are only six games being played today: Jordan Montgomery versus Christian Javier in the first end of the Yankees Astros doubleheader. Uh, Montgomery pitched very well, uh, FIP wise, but it is two on Astros in the end of the seventh currently. Uh, Domingo Herman versus Luis Garcia in game two of that doubleheader. Tarek Skubo versus Zach Logue in Tigers A's. Garrett Hill versus Frankie Montas in the second end of that doubleheader. Carlos Rodon versus Mitch White in Dodgers Giants. Matchup of the day came from 
in past tense. Rangers, Marlins, John Gray versus Pablo Lopez. It's a, it's a dope matchup. Nice. Uh, Gray's been doing pretty well lately. It was very cool to see. Um, on Friday, yes. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Yes. On Friday, you have uh, Jamison Tyon and Tyler Wells, two good uh, strikeout-to-walk pitchers facing each other in Yankees-Orioles. You Darvish will be facing the Mets for the Padres. A lot of teams have not announced their starters. Yeah. Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani will be facing the Braves for the Angels at Truist Park. Uh, it is hard to find good matchups. And yeah, Logan dude. Webb will be facing the Giants for the or facing the Dodgers for the Giants. Uh, I guess matchup of the day comes from Rockies, Brewers, Antonio Sensatella versus Corbin Burns. <laughs> the only one. Only don't feel great about announced. that. I feel like we need to just skip matchup of the day for this one or just in general, unless there is something. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm still looking. I, I, that's really everything that's been announced is notable for Saturday um, or for Friday on Saturday. Uh, Mark. Oh, that's a decent matchup. That's also a decent matchup. Okay. I'll just go over what, what it has been announced, even though it's not much that's notable. At least Alex will be, Wood will be facing the, uh, Dodgers for the Giants. Brandon Woodruff will be facing the Rockies for the Brewers at Miller Park, or sorry, at American Family Field. Blake Snell will be facing the Padres for the Mets, or facing the Mets for the Padres at City Field. Garrett Cole and Jordan Lyles will be facing each other. Uh, Max Mayer will be facing the Pirates for the Marlins. Uh, and match of the day comes from Cubs Phillies. It is Marcus Stroman versus Zach Wheeler. Yeah, that's cool. Zach Wheeler, I know, you know, Zach Wheeler is not an all star, but. I think it's still a decent matchup. Yeah. And Sunday, there's probably even less. Sunday is the Hall of Fame induction. So that's nice. pretty cool. Uh, nice. Chris and I will be in Martha's Vineyard for the uh, New England Collegiate Baseball League All-Star Game. Yes. Yes. Going to be a good time. Going to be uh, going to get some sun, watch some uh, home run derby. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Talk to some people. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to be doing. I know you have an interview lined up. I have one interview lined up, but other than that, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. That's kind of, I think that's kind of part of the fun is, Hey, we're going to see where this all goes. Yep. Yep. Um, on Sunday, Sandy Alcantara is facing the pirates at PNC park. Uh, Tyler Malley will be facing the Cardinals for the Reds. I wonder if he's on the trade market. I've heard nothing about him. He should be on the trade market. Yeah, I would go for him as like a sneaky move. Uh, a couple of all-stars facing each other in Martin Perez versus Paul Blackburn in Rangers A's. Uh, Alex Cobb will be facing the Dodgers for the Giants. Uh, Joe Musgrove will be facing the Mets on Sunday Night Baseball. And as we all expected at the beginning of the season, we knew that anytime this one came up, it's match for the day. You got Nestor Cortez versus Dean Creamer. And it just it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, you're thinking like this is this is like when this is like when like Juan Marichal and Sandy Koufax yep. uh, would get would would go would go at it. You just knew every year it's a divisional two, divisional rivalry. Yeah, it, you know it, this is this is this is where it this is where it ends. Also, by the way, quick little thing on a. On Tyler Molle, 4.48 ERA, but 3.24 expected ERA. So I think he's yep, just yep. kind of getting screwed over by that Reds defense. He's getting GABP'd. 
Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think his home road splits aren't as, as egregious as they were last year. Uh, because he had the second lowest road ERA last year behind Corbin Burns. People, people don't want to talk about that, but he absolutely did. There's no denying it either. Yeah. Uh, why isn't he on the – why isn't anyone talking about him? I know that Castillo is the better pitcher. Uh, you know what? He does have a 4.99 ERA at home and a 3.83 ERA on the road and also a strikeout to walk here that's almost twofold two better. It's 2.28 at home, 4.09 on the road. Weird. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Sure. Interesting, interesting. Um, he has – he's given up 10 home runs, 8.4 expected home runs. Okay, um, yeah. So, so yeah, makes sense. Um, uh, all right. He's given up – Hang on. Giving up seven home runs at home, three on the road. He has pitched significantly more innings, though, 12, or 52.1 to 40. So 12, 12 one to third more innings, but still four home runs more. That's definitely a higher home runs per nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that uh, – are those all that's, the uh... – That's all. All right. Well, that does it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you're following or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio uh, and subscribe to that. Also, if you're following on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel, Daniel underscore Curran and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you on Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, where we're talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.